Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Uh, should I do it now or? Yeah, do it now. Just they got to see your hands when you clap. Believe it or not, just All right. for the yeah. for video video and sound. Did that go through? One yeah. more time. That's some good clapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eight point five on the IGN 8. scale. <laughs> I got with an eight point six with the new scale now. The new old scale.
to Nintendo Voice Chat's Wind Waker special. I am your host, Jose Otero, and I am joined by two regulars and a secret special guest. So please I'm not the secret. Yourself. I'm just Pear. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm Brian Altano. <laughs> yeah, where have you been? I'm here, man. I'm here now. That's what counts. Okay, two weeks without Brian. I'm a busy dude. Ratings down. I get around. We missed you. I'm on every other podcast in the world. All just right. go find me. Okay. All right. All right. And special guest, please reveal yourself. Hi, I'm Cosmo Wright. Um, I speedrun Wind Waker and other games on Twitch TV. Uh, sup? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Cosmo. Hi, Cosmo. We're, Hi. Thank you for joining us, man. We're really happy to have you here. So in case you don't know, and this is your first time hearing Cosmo's name, Cosmo is the current uh, world record holder for the Wind Waker speedruns. He's been doing it for how long now, Cosmo? Uh, about two years almost. Wow, that's well, it. Well, for Wind Waker, uh, other games go back a long okay. time ago. But yeah, I'm two actually, years of Wind Waker. I'm actually surprised because that, I mean, that game's obviously been out for a decade. Mm-hmm. That's a late start on Wind Waker. Yeah, well, stuff gets found over time and community kind of gets together and figures stuff out. So sometimes it takes a while before these runs actually start happening. Sure, and that and that current world record, guys, is four hours, twenty seven minutes, and fifty three seconds. What the hell? Yeah, it is. It is an amazing thing to watch. We're going to have it embedded in the article for this episode, so please check that out. And definitely, uh, you should be following speedruns more often. And and Cosmo, correct me if I'm wrong, but you cannot skip the cutscenes in Wind Waker, right? Uh, most of them you have to watch. Okay. There are a couple you can skip, kind of through silly means, but yeah. So a big chunk, a big chunk outside of pure travel time in the beginning on the on the ocean, right? In, in the original version, pure travel. Uh, a lot of the time is going to be just waiting through conversations. Then, oh yeah, it takes like about forty minutes to enter the first dungeon. So that wow. kind of gives you the idea on the scale of like the beginning. Jeez, wow. and then you just zoom through the rest of it. It's that grandmother, man. She just won't shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't we... Uh, so when, Wind Waker HD is out. That's a good impression. Wind Waker HD is out, right? Like the official retail yep. copy comes out uh, on Friday. The digital copy has been out for two weeks. Um, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you are picking up one or the other. Uh, why don't we quickly just go around the room? Like when did you play Wind Waker? When did you beat it? Um, and then we'll jump into impressions for the HD version. So oh, for myself, kind of a personal question. <laughs> sure. So I, I got Wind Waker when it came out um, and played it through most of 2003, but um, I didn't finish it until, believe it or not, two years later. Whoa! Because with a lot of games at the time, I kept making the mistake of buying things and then not finishing them. I'd get like four or five, eight hours in. In Wind Waker's case, I got up to late game when you're on your way to the final trial, and I just. Other games got in the way, and you know, at the time I was a teacher, and I had other things to, to worry about. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I didn't beat it until two, days, two years later, and when I finally finished it, I was like, wow, this was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the ending was absolutely fantastic. I, uh, uh, you know, I picked up the Japanese version when it came out uh, because we wanted to cover the game. And you know, back, back then, Nintendo always released their games early in Japan. Uh, didn't actually the PR in the US never actually provided a version of the game until like you know the day it came out and so we always rushed to get the Japanese import so we could play it basically use the Japanese copy for coverage of the US version so you know rushed out got it I think we got two copies Kasmasina uh, got, got the other one we just started playing and I think we just beat it in like two nights or something and like you know Japanese what about Kasmasina did um, you yeah I, I, I 
think he barely understands English in games. <laughs> uh, that, that, that wasn't the, the, no. The only there there are some places where it got tough, right? Like when you need to get the password to get into the pirate ship. Um, oh yeah. You know, that, so those areas where you're like, wait, what's the word? And then you need to need to enter it. Okay. So, but I helped him with that. Wow. Um, I bought the game the day it came out in America. I was in college, and I think I had a PS2 and a GameCube, and my PS2 broke. So my GameCube was the only system I had. So I played that game probably 15 times in one year, like start to finish. I beat the game. I I got all the unlockables. I went back. I took all the pictures with the picto box. I got every hidden figure in the game. I like I I cut classes for that game. I uh I I lost I lost people I love for that game. Did no, you? none of that happened. But no, I played. I played that game religiously. It was my one of my favorite games of all time. It was my favorite Zelda game. And then I did not play it for what ten years until two weeks ago when it came out for Wii U. And I started playing it for uh, playing it on there. And I was just like, man, this was my favorite Zelda game of all time. Did you miss some of the figurines the first playthrough? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't Isn't think that mean. I don't think you can even get them all in the first playthrough, right? Like you, you have... can actually. You okay, go. well, there it is. I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> no, it's kind of silly. You can really easily miss some of them. You have to be like, you kind of have to know what you're doing beforehand. But anyway, yeah. You have to immediately do the whole Lorenzo quest thing, right? Like, the, as soon as you can, before you beat actually, any of the bosses? The, the first missable figurine is actually the Cyclos figurine, when you get the Ballad of Gales. If you don't take a picture of him, then uh, that's it. But So you actually do have a little bit of time before you're screwed, but... Uh, yeah, the bosses you can retake their pictures in the Ganon's trials near the end of the game. So that's oh, I never knew that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's God right. damn it! Yeah. I would you... just play the whole thing over. <laughs> uh, good one. When did you play it for the first time, Cosmo? I played it on launch day for the United States. I was a youngin. I had lots of time to play games. I beat it, and then I beat it again on New Game Plus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never got all figurines when I was like when it first came out. And then I didn't really touch it for a while, but I did recognize like what a great game it was. I st- I still think like uh, Ocarina of Time has always been kind of my favorite Zelda game, but then later on uh, through like speedrunning, I got back into Wind Waker over time, and I played through it like a lot over the last two years. So I know like a lot of like tiny things that people probably miss, and I think uh, I can really see what they actually did to Wind Waker HD and what they did not do to it. Um, when other people might have like just like foggy memories, so they're not really sure. All right, you can't sure. you can't just say that and yeah. give us some details. So what are what are some of the big changes? I mean, we noticed stuff like you know the the tingle quests, everything related the to the GBA connection. Yeah, yeah. The they they changed some of the obviously the Triforce quest they replaced with a treasure map. Anything else that stood out? Oh yeah, there's like lots of little things that stood out to me. Uh, like you can more easily roll away from the moblins in Forsaken Fortress. So, like, he, Link doesn't completely give up like he used to and just hold his hands up. You can actually kind of get away from them a little bit easier. Uh, they changed so many small things. Uh, the Triforce quest, obviously, that's a huge revamp, so a lot of people notice that. But um, there's a lot of small things that they changed. Oh, I just had one, had an example. Oh, yeah, there's something weird I noticed. With your thrust attack, you can actually hit enemies twice, for some reason, I don't know why that actually happens, but that that's something Wind Waker HD. I think maybe it's because maybe they realize most people when they're fighting with the sword, they're like mostly just hitting forward and pressing B, and they guess they wanted to like enhance that somehow. Um, there's there's lots of like little things uh, 
that have to do with um well actually i don't know if you know this but in the original japanese version of wind waker there's definitely um a lot of small things that were changed for the u.s release when it came out like i don't remember how many months later that was yeah it was it was quite a chunk i remember um playing the japanese version and then noticing all the stuff they added for the u.s like the the maps actually have the crosses on them and things like that right yeah there's uh there's a lot of interesting things to do with cutscenes, like when sound effects play and how they handle like for example after you beat the earth temple uh in the japanese version it kind of just like puts you on the island and kind of like an off-center spot hmm. on the english version it like makes you nice and centered facing the boat just little things like that that they kind of touched up on and because wind waker hd uh they kind of based it off like the most updated version of the game which was the english version so a lot of those uh things are still in the game yeah. and then there's there's other stuff they changed as well it's it's pretty funny because usually you know w- with any other game this kind of stuff is patched, right? Like a game comes out and then Microsoft or Sony or whoever made, made the game will issue a patch a week later and they'll fix little things that the, that the developers tinkered with. And with Nintendo, they never had this patch process, right? They could do a system update with the last Wii, but they never right. really patched GameCube games. Right. They did replace discs, though, over time. There, if sometimes when you get an earlier versus a later game, um, certain like little things that could cause a game-ending bug, are of course, fixed. Uh, yeah. And like Metroid, you know, Metroid Prime, the Japanese version added voiceovers that the U.S. one didn't have. You know, so it's it's cool to see that evolution and then see the game come back after after a decade with yeah. all that in there. Yeah, yeah Cosmo, you yeah. mentioned Ocarina earlier. I'm just curious, yeah. what's your current uh, record for that? Uh, 19 minutes and 15 seconds. It sounds really fake. What? But <laughs> How is that even possible? <laughs> All right, we're hanging, we're hanging up. Uh, <laughs> let's just say that game has been like put through like a lot. Like basically, we got these guys. I just have to call them Zelda scientists because there's not really any other word for it. And they just break these games down and figure out like all this obscure stuff. And uh, maybe you saw like some uh, stuff about that. Uh, on the internet, but there was this crazy thing discovered uh, a while back where <laughs> after the first dungeon, you can go immediately to the end of the game. Uh, it's really uh, confusing how it works. I could <laughs> explain it if you'd like, but it's kind of a long explanation. You but have, let's just say that's that's what you do. You have a real-life Temple of Time, right? That's how you do this. Yeah, You're, you're <laughs> cheating. You have a time machine. I don't buy it. So they, what, what you're saying, these are exploits, right? Where you're clipping yes. through part of the environment to get in an area that is otherwise locked and you need, a, you need a tool to open, right? Well, sometimes it's like that. But in the case of Ocarina of Time, it's definitely much deeper and more complicated. Like, you're basically, uh, you're basically entering two areas at the same time and the game's doing kind of a weird, funny math uh, on... Basically, it's trying to load a cutscene in an area that doesn't have a cutscene, and it adds the like the wrong value to it, and it just so happens to put you in the burning Ganon's tower at the end of the game. Wow! What? Instead of where it's supposed to put you. How the hell so, do people figure this stuff out? It took many years, over ten years, to figure it out. I was I was there for most of it. Like I I remember I got into this stuff in two thousand six. Uh, that's back when the game took like several hours to beat at the very fastest, but. More and more of this of these crazy exploits got found, and that's actually kind of one of the most interesting things about all this to me is like, like, 
what is actually possible in these games and trying to like figure it out. It's like the whole kind of scientific procedure kind of thing. It's really interesting yeah. to me. It's kind of, I mean, it's cool, obviously, for single player games where you have people competing to find all these exploits and without altering the game code, right? You guys never use uh, Game Sharks, I know. Right. Old. Right. That's um, correct. Yeah. And so you, you're trying to find these exploits. Of course, it stops being fun when it's an online game and then the, yeah. you know, the stuff yeah. spreads. I remember Mario Kart on the, on the DS, right? You're like, Once man, I just did an awesome time. And yep. then, like, you come back and a day later it's like 12 seconds and you're like how the <laughs> hell no so i never i mean i didn't i didn't know about speed runs growing up i didn't watch speed runs videos uh, like i'm an old school gamer you know i had friends who were like i can beat this game and this and this but then i got um link's awakening for the game yeah. boy and somebody showed me this trick in it where if you held select and you walked across the screen you could warp to the other side of the next screen which means that you could beat the game in like a half an hour for me back then which like you could level up everything you get to get the best sword get the best lifting thing and um i was i was fascinated by that so ever since then i've sort of had this weird obsession with these things like i've watched the mario 64 speedrun videos and stuff like that now do you find yourself like leaning towards uh the 3d zeldas more because they have more of these exploits or do you ever play any of the 2d zeldas like this too I've never been huge into the 2D Zeldas. Like, they're definitely... <laughs> oh, no. Hair might hang up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Was it me? Keep going. No, go ahead. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, there are definitely many people out there who I would definitely consider bigger Zelda fans than me. Like, definitely. I just think I'm a huge Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker fan. And I like Majora's Mask. Twilight Princess is great. Uh, Skyward Sword is fun. So, those are, like, kind of... In the 3D Zelda's are kind of more my bag, sure. I guess. In that order. I, I liked your ranking. I mean, it's actually pretty close to how I think about the games as well. Yeah. You know, it's always, for me, it's always 3D Zelda's. It's always Ocarina first, and then I'd go to, you know... Wind Waker like, needs to be first. No, you got it wrong then, already. You know, I'd say, uh, I really <laughs> like Majora's Mask too, but it's like Wind Waker, Majora's Mask, and then you get down to Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, I think is my is my least favorite 3D Zelda, unless yeah. I'm forgetting something. Which is just worrying, because the last two are also the last two entries yeah. in the 3D Zeldas, but they're hopefully yeah. riding that ship. But it's know? also, you know, you can't replace the experience of having played something for the first time, right? What yeah. what was really, fr- like, fresh and, and refreshing in Majora's Mask, like having Link um, shapeshift, is kind of not that fresh anymore in Twilight Princess, True. right? And mm-hmm. then Right. Yeah, but yeah. so Cosmo, are you? I mean, Jose is probably going to ask you this in a second. But are you already speed running through Wind Waker HD? Like, are you just playing it for fun right now? Or are you sort of like plotting your course? At the moment, I'm playing for fun. I haven't. Well, what I did was I went through the whole game, and along the way, it was kind of like a casual playthrough. But like along the way, I was like testing out all the crazy exploits in the original Wind Waker, yep. and I kind of documented like everything I found. Yeah, on like w- just various. Yeah. yeah, I just made a bunch of YouTube videos about like what still works and what doesn't. Did they fix? And, did uh, they fix a bunch of exploits? Did tell them about them? storage patch. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is pretty interesting. Um, the single most uh, powerful exploit in Wind Waker is this crazy glitch called storage, where you like basically you try to pull out the Wind Waker. But you pull it out in such a way that you're you end up being airborne as you pull it out. What? So you're like, so you're falling through the air with the wind waker out, right? Uh-huh. And then what you do is you cancel it. So exactly when you hit the ground, Link would put the wind waker away, and it's really really precise. You have to have perfect timing. And if you do that, uh, it does something really weird to the game, where like, like there's different. Basically, the next action you do gets stored so it doesn't actually like complete it's really weird so basically like for example if i pulled out the wind waker again after i did that glitch 
uh, it would it would bring the camera into like the Wind Waker playing uh, camera, but it wouldn't actually let me play the Wind Waker. I would actually be able to walk around with the camera all crazy. So another example would be like let's say I'm visiting an island for the first time, and I have this glitch active. It would just completely store the cutscene and just skip the cutscene. Uh, and th- so there's some crazy stuff you can do. For example, if you go to open a treasure chest with this glitch on, it starts to open the treasure chest, but it doesn't complete the animation. And like one of the ways they programmed the treasure chest's opening was uh, they made it so like Link's collision box or whatever was like extremely small, just so he could like animate into the like to reach into the treasure chest. Yeah. And that gets interrupted. So basically, you're able to run around with this super tiny collision box and basically like. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes in the dark because some treasure chests, you know, they do that really dramatic, like they make it all like fade from black. If you open one of those treasure chests with this glitch on, everything goes dark and it stays dark and you can't like see, but you can kind of know where you're going with the map. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you can do all the all the sorts of crazy stuff with it. Um, one of the craziest things you can do is how I was talking about if you pull up the Wind Waker, it like locks the camera in place. If you do that and you jump into the water, uh, this is like the craziest thing in the speedrun basically. But basically you get in the water and because the camera's locked, Link's always facing the camera no matter what. And because of the way the water physics work, if you press up so Link, to turn Link around... Uh, he turns around, but then the camera immediately flips to the other side because the camera's locked on Link because of the Wind Waker mode. So you basically you hold up, and Link's like vibrating in the water really, really fast. <laughs> and he, he keeps vibrating, and he builds up speed. So you sort of start charging <laughs> up speed, and you this. release it. You release it, and you shoot across the ocean really fast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually faster than sailing, so that's actually... A really interesting thing. So, so what, what happened? Well, my, my bad. Is no, skate like, swimming still in there or not? Like, is that still part of HD? So, like I said, in HD, the biggest exploit in the game was storage, and that's like one of the few that they patched. So mm. it dramatically it dramatically changes the way you would speedrun the game. Okay. It's actually kind of interesting. Got it. Uh, that's cool. I think someone actually proved that the water physics are the same. So, like in theory, if you could like mash the control stick exactly 30 times a second like a robot you would able, you would still be able to like shoot across the ocean but it's cuz no one can actually do that like physically uh it's not it's not actually really viable get some starcraft players in there they can do that so, <laughs> yeah. when, so when you shoot across the entire ocean in the gamecube version what does your boat do your boat just stays where it is really uh, forever if, well no if you enter an area and you come back the boat will appear so you can get the boat to appear when you need it to wow. go. Like basically, you can go right. You can basically like shoot across the ocean and then kind of grind up against an island and then drown. And then when you drown, it puts you on that island and then your boat spawns because it reloaded the instance it of the ocean. Got it. They put that in as a failsafe just yeah, in case. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's riding a shark across. They should the have water the, the failsafe should be the boat going. Yo, what the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> oh well, actually, you could kind of make it do that because you can. Uh, what you can do, I don't know if you know this, but in Wind Waker, when you when you're sailing around, if you're not if you haven't beaten forests or sorry, forbidden woods yet, uh, the ocean's kind of locked. Basically, like the boat says, you can't go in this direction yet, and it's kind of locked down. Yeah. So if you use that glitch to get to some island you're not supposed to be at, and then you get in the boat, he immediately is like, you're not supposed to be here, and he like <laughs> slowly sails across the entire ocean until he makes it. <laughs> 
to where you're supposed to be. <laughs> that is cool. so cool. This is what's so great about watching speedruns is that there's these games that you grew up loving and like admiring, and you're watching people deconstruct them in ways you would have never thought possible. Yeah. The first time I saw Cosmo do speed swimming, I was just like, what in the world? Yeah. Oh, my God, because you just zoom across the map. I didn't know you were building up or there was that acceleration involved because yeah. uh, the, the speedrun I had seen, um, I'm not sure if that was a part of the narration, but it was still really interesting to just see that happen and i'm like okay speed sailing in the new wind waker like whatever this is gonna this was the way to travel yeah 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 no, it was really cool it's, it's yeah. fascinating to watch like wow. i recommend everyone check out speed runs for this stuff that's nuts very cool yeah word it's uh i mean it's it's kind of like i don't know how i feel about that kind of stuff it's almost like competitive eating right like <laughs> I, I, you're not supposed to swallow wet hot dogs yeah is you're what not i that's think when i hear it but true. i guess you know it's, it's it's a science on it in its own, right? Like yeah. trying to figure out, like yeah. I mean, who who stood there and said, "I'm going to jump off. I'm going to whip out the wind waker I, just when I'm about to hit the ground. I'm going to put it away." Oh, I actually right? have the story on how that was discovered. All right, oh, let's tell it. it. Tell it. <laughs> All right. So, like this thing where you're falling through the air with the wind waker, that was kind of like discovered a long time ago. Uh, basically, like people like just happened to pull out the wind waker when they were running off a ledge that had a slippery slope on it. And if you did that, you would just like fall. And if that leads into the water, you can go like under the, under the water for like quite a ways. And you can actually swim underneath an Island. And then like, basically you can create certain shortcuts that way. Ah. But, uh, someone was trying to do that. Basically they were just trying to do the wind waker. It's called the wind waker dive. So someone was trying to do the wind waker dive. <laughs> Sounds like and, a dance move. I love that. Yeah. So they did it. And like, <clears throat> Basically, you have to do it really precise. You have to like run off at exactly the right time, pull out the wind waker. And so they were kind of rapidly pulling out the wind waker and canceling. And they happened to run off, pull out the wind waker, think they didn't get it, hit cancel. But they just so happened to cancel right when Link hit the ground. And it triggered the new glitch, the storage glitch. And he was like, what is going on? So he actually PM'd me on YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I told this uh, other guy who looks into the game, like, there's a bunch of, like I said, Zelda scientists. So there's someone who uh, basically runs Wind Waker on the Dolphin emulator and like, uh, like goes frame by frame, frame advance, like figuring out stuff, trying to like figure out different ways to skip stuff in the game or whatever. But uh, I told him about it, and he was able to replicate it. And then from there, it just exploded into this crazy glitch that completely changed speedruns for Wind Waker. That is so cool. So that's kind of how it happened. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So you you have like a group of friends that basically have like Wind Waker laboratories open at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> They're like yeah. the scientists. Yeah. Like, exactly. like Hy- Hylia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, Pear, it's funny you said that. That's exactly how I pictured that's them looking. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> he's got the he's got the hat and the long beard. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, let me look into that. I got that open right now. <laughs> Funny and, you mentioned yeah, that. Don't, don't, don't hang s- out um, in like this, just these like IRC channels, like Hash Zelda. It's like our little IRC channel. We just like discuss theories about stuff and try to do cool stuff in games. It's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let, let's talk a little bit about then uh, Wind Waker HC. I mean, we brought it up on this podcast before, but I mean, we all really like it. Uh, I reviewed it. I gave it a nine point eight which annoyed some people because it's like, well, why not give it to 10? So close. So close, and yeah, and it is my favorite Zelda, but uh, I feel, you know, one of the things we definitely try to uh, protect around here is that every author is going to come at a score from a different angle, yeah. and that author is not held to prior 10s or, you know, what Zelda has kind of been given. Like, you know, we have a scale, and, you know, we're given rain to sort of use it as long as we back it up with the right fact. Um, 
So yeah, I didn't want to play that game, but I thought at the same time it was a fantastic like Zelda. It is my favorite 3D Zelda. Yeah, and you're it scoring over and over. it. You're not just scoring it as the original game either, right? Like I, I've seen people say, well, Link to the Past definitely was a 10 back when it came out in the 90s, but now I'd give it a 9.5, right? Like you're scoring it in this point of time as well. And yeah. when you're talking about a game like Wind Waker, you could say, yeah, they can improve it. They can have you know better kind of storytelling and cutscenes. It is mm-hmm. a little mechanical in parts, which is you know just a sign of its time sure uh, or you could say all that doesn't matter you know the game stands on its own it's it's two different approaches mm-hmm. um you know i think they i think this game could still be improved like there are times where you're sailing a lot and it is more of a chore to sail than than kind of like this joy and mm-hmm. i didn't feel that in ocarina of time where like every time you get on the horse it feels like you're you're really having fun actually twilight princess had a little bit of that issue too where oh, right. sometimes it felt like a chore to go somewhere, and I didn't feel like that was GTA the case. GTA gets that a lot yeah. as well, just yeah. to dive outside of Zelda. Anything with sort of an open-world exploration, if True. you have them traveling back and forth across the map a lot, you tend to notice that yeah. and go, uh, well, but then, how many times do I need to do but, this? But then GTA tosses all this stuff at you, right? Like you're driving past people, and they have their own conversation, and yeah. you know, you, you try to abide by traffic laws, but you know it doesn't work, sure, so you cause sure. something. So, like, I can see how Wind Waker could be improved, but yeah. I mean... Seriously. Yeah, actually, I really awesome. I thought that the uh, the faster sail really helped. I mean, I've never like vibrate speed sailed or swam across the whole world or anything like that. But I thought the faster sail was great. Um, Jose and I talked a lot before as we went up about um, what we liked and what we didn't like, and you know our consensus really came back to sailing is much better, but a lot of the ocean combat is still sort of dull and it feels weird especially on the wii u it's like you're you're controlling it with the left stick and it's just not very deep and it's it's actually mostly skippable i mean you can pretty much get through most of the game without using your c cannon at all except for a a few instances um but yeah overall like it's just like it's so awesome to revisit that game it really really feels nice that's a great question for cosmo is are there any items that you don't use at all when you're speed running or any things any actions uh this Things you don't use, yeah. Like, uh, uh, you can actually skip the boomerang in Wind Waker. That's yeah. something you can really? completely bypass. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, I guess the you don't need the coolest version uh, of the boomerang, by the way. And you're skipping it. Just yeah. tossing that out there, right? <laughs> he the doesn't need that shit. <laughs> was the was the was the hot shit? Like, oh my god, this was a great I idea. I love the boomerang. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, I'll continue. Sorry, Cosmo. Oh no, uh, you got, you're also right about the sea battles. Like, there's. Uh, almost no required sea battles. It's pretty much uh, that breakable wall on outset, and then you got if that even counts. I don't know mm-hmm. if that counts. So then well, you got slowly uh, swirling into a drain, right? So you better hurry up yeah, and shoot. Yeah, yeah. You can't and then uh, sniping uh, Cyclose to get the Ballad of Gales. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then just a couple ships for the Triforce quest, and that's about it. So yeah. you can really, yeah, the sea combat's not that. Uh, necessary you're very much right in that aspect yeah especially when you compare it to ground combat which is so good in this game i mean oh, i yeah. love using the grappling hook and it to pair much to pairs uh i don't know disagreement because i'm just there stealing every couple yeah. seconds he's like can you just kill it already and i'm like no <laughs> Dude, i you, can't you walk by otero and <laughs> your wallet is gone, <laughs> like, yeah. you have to watch out with that's this happening yeah <laughs> no i i like playing the game that way i will steal the necklace i will then steal the rupees yeah. the, the magic he has and then i will finally take him out and i will do yeah, that with the, every enemy the combat is definitely like amazing there's there are a bunch of rooms in wind waker where you're just being like surrounded like over and over and like it's just so fun to be like parrying one guy and then like hitting another guy with an ice arrow or whatever yeah. it's just like really um 
I think they really nailed it. Yeah, what what I like about it, and it's interesting, Cosmo, that you say that actually that they made your sword a little stronger in some cases. Because, yeah. I mean, that was never really an issue with Wind Waker. Wind Waker's, like, it, it never had the problem of challenge in combat to me. Right, really. like, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and I, it's, I, it's sort of cool for that because it's sort of just like this musical – uh, kind of like combat ballet you get to watch between you yeah. and a few other, other uh, enemies. So it never really felt like, oh man, I'm struggling to beat this guy. Or I'm like, I remember Scoured Sword, there would be like five minute long fights where I'm like, I didn't hit this guy from the right angle and it was really annoying. Mm-hmm. I never had that problem with right. Wicker. So it's weird to me that they would make that even easier, but I guess they're doing everything they can to make well, the game as accessible as possible. But they did yeah. add hero mode too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. But still, I mean, hero mode is still, can be much more of a challenge, right? Like, I remember playing Wind Waker for the first time and going, like, choo-choos are, you know, slimes are always the wimps of the of the video game bestiaries, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah, they're yeah. always just slow and stupid, and in Wind Waker, they actually do a lot of stuff, like, they get electrified and they go, mm-hmm. and, like, creep up on you. But on hero mode, I, I had times where I was, like, surrounded by five. I'm like, crap. Yeah. You know, they get yeah. me. And I, if I just concentrate a little bit more on combat, it, I wouldn't get damaged. But because I'm so used to just kind of running in there and doing spin attacks, yep. um, I'm getting right. damaged. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I really love the uh, just the overall enemy variety in that game, especially going back. Because, I mean, I played the original Legend of Zelda more times. I joke about this a lot, but I, I, there's like one or two times a year where I play it from start to finish. It's like a rite of passage for me every single year. Um, to see most of those enemies return in, wake, in Wind Waker and, you know, Subsequently, all the other Zeldas before and after. But in Wind Waker, they just kind of nailed the style for every single one. Like, each one of those enemies is just really cool to look at. Like, the design for all of them is awesome. That's so right. even with the with the chews, you know, the jellies, they come, out, they come at you and there's, like, five different kinds. And when you start fighting the purple ones and you're attacking them for, like, a half an hour, yeah. you're like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. I actually had that moment this year. And I played a Wind Waker a lot. But I was like, how do I beat these guys? Oh, sunlight. Yeah. Got it. Mm. So it's yeah, I just I really love the enemy design in that game. Just yeah, everything is just so cool to look at. Yeah, the visual design especially, and I, I, I'm going to point this out later when we get into a bit of the Nintendo Direct stuff, and especially some things from A Link Between Worlds that we heard. Um, but yeah, the, the visual design. This is one of the instances where they just nailed it, and I, I that's one of the things that kind of disappoints me a little bit about Nintendo today, where. I feel like just the last couple of games that I've seen them put out have just played it a little safe visually. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's not that huge risk that you know doing like an animated style Wind Waker was in 2003, right? And and the reception for it was definitely mixed, and it wasn't what they were looking for. But thankfully, over time, that has sort of smoothed out, right? right. Like yeah, we're way more receptive to Toon Link now versus. Or a lot of people are. I wasn't against it when it happened back then, and I'm not against it today. So. Yeah, I loved it when it was first announced. And we were talking about this the other day, Jose, but, I mean, Toon Link has been in more Zelda games than any other Zelda. Okay. Or, any, or any other Link. Like, no, yeah. there's never or been... any other Zelda, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no... Like, that art style has been in uh, Wind Waker and Wind Waker HD. Um, two Smash Brothers games now. Yeah. And uh, two DS Zelda games, yep. which is like and everything Cap, else. Minish and Minish Cap, Cap yeah. that style as well, mm-hmm. yeah. So everything else has been sort of like one-off-ish, right? Or like sort of derivatives of each other. But the Wind Waker thing, they're like, hey, we really like this. We're going to stick with it. And to think about how polarizing it was at first versus how many Wind Waker Zeldas we have now. It's really cool. I always yeah. loved it. on 
on Wind Waker, why don't we answer last week's question of the week? So Pear dropped a, a mighty gauntlet last week by asking listeners to basically come up with, okay, if you can kill any Nintendo franchise, right? It has to be a franchise, a game that had sequels. Which one would you kill? Which one would you take away and say, forget it, we're not doing this Oh, anymore. I know the answer to this. This is yeah, so easy. Uh, What's right. your answer? My easily, easily, easily is Kirby. <laughs> easily. Mm. And, like, don't get me wrong. Kirby is charming. It's beautiful. It's actually sort of fun. Hypercute. It's hypercute. I love the power-ups. I like that whole system. But in terms of Nintendo platformers, it's easiest, It's easily their weakest one. It's a kid's one. game, yeah. It's, it's a kid's a, game. Yeah. Uh, you can be lazy and just basically fly through the whole thing. Um, none, none of it ever really feels, like, challenging to me. It always just feels sort of like, okay, here's this sort of open world map design that brings you in a couple of uh, levels that have looked sort of the same since 1985. And I know Mario is guilty of all these same things also. I just have more fun running around hopping and bopping in Mario than I do like stealing that Meta Knight sword for the 8 billionth time and Gotcha. Yeah, I don't I see I have kids so I want I want to keep that franchise, you know. I'm I'm <laughs> honestly I mean I'm more bored with I, I think some of the generic Wii, um, Wii franchise, like Wii Play and stuff, sure. that, that's an easy answer, but I think it's a little bit of a cop-out because they're not even they're not even a thing to me. They're just kind of like these very generic co- connections, like almost collections, almost like an extension of the, the system, like set, you know, yes. the system yeah. itself. So I would put Mario Party on there just because I think they've just run out of ideas and yeah. steam and like it feels like the same thing ever. They never make the board game aspect the, the an exciting part of the game. No. It's always a little bit too slow and like... Every incarnation, you're like, oh, thanks for letting me skip that. But what about all the other things you're dragging me down with? So it's so no, we'll give, it's so right. Maybe it's we'll so give right. maybe we'll give Cosmo a little bit of time to think about this. Which Nintendo franchise would you get rid of if you had to? And I'll I'll go into some reader um, reader answers here. Uh, uh, I think I have an answer. Oh yeah. Um, I guess I would have to say Yoshi because I feel like the only one that was really probably worth playing was Yoshi's Island on the SNES. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like they're gonna really do anything with it. I don't know. I would probably I think it'd be cool if they made like a brand new, like really awesome one, I guess. But I mean I don't really think they're gonna and I guess I wouldn't they should probably just I don't know. (laughs) Well the next one the next one maybe I mean it looks more like Yoshi's story visually. Maybe they're gonna make it a little harder again, but I don't think so. No, that new one looks terrible. Just so wait. bad. Just lo- wait I know it's though. early, it's in development, I, and I should give them the benefit of the doubt, but yeah. what I've seen of Yoshi's Island 3DS, I think that's what it is. Ah, oh, I'm I, not impressed. I, 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 like, I like Cosmo's answer here because it, it goes into this theory I talk about a lot, which um, is sort of the majority sucks theory, where you take something and you look at it and you go, well, actually, if you lay it all out, most of the things in this franchise are not good. Like, yeah. there's one thing that's good. Like, you can actually say it with Star Wars now. Like, the majority of Star Wars movies suck. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of Terminator movies suck. The majority of Aliens movies sucks. The majority of Yoshi games aren't that good. I mean, there's like one and a half pretty good ones, and the rest you can totally skip. So, yeah, that's a great answer. I don't think the majority of Terminator movies suck. Really? No. <laughs> Wait, that's There's a been four podcast. of them. The first two are good. The third, the third one is actually not that bad. It's, it's not. Fun. But then it goes downhill. Yeah, and then the last one was just kind of boring because they had they literally cast a robot as the main character. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go back to the. I'm gonna go to the uh, listeners good answer, now. Yeah? So uh, Rodrigo from Brazil, I Brazil, is saying that uh, I'd get rid of WePlay. 
if you consider that a franchise, it had a sequel, right? Well, yeah, it's uh, in a way, you know, Wii Sports, Resort, um, Play, Fit, Music, people consider that to be a franchise, then that's a good answer. Um, we've got, uh, hold on, I have some good ones here. Uh, LC Snoogs says Mario Party. Yeah. I totally yeah, agree. I agree. Um, it's just boring. Plus, Nintendo Land kind of fills that ticket. And mm-hmm. what if they took Mario Party and made it more of a all-Nintendo franchises coming together? Maybe not as stylized as Nintendo well, what Land. What about Fortune Street? Cool. Turn it into Fortune oh, yeah, Street. Wasn't that go. good? Yep. Wasn't that a good game? A yeah. good Mario Party? Sorry. No, that's true. The beautifully that. named Mega Dweeb, like you're a... Like a Mega Man icon, um, says the Pokemon Rumble series. I feel there's no real evolving gameplay mechanic that has the Nintendo quality I enjoy. Feels like a cash cow for younger children in Pokemon diehards. Yep, I, you I agree. That. I mean, like I love the idea behind it and like the scanning of the the you know Skylander style scanning of toys and storing data and trading and stuff. But it's like a flash game. Yeah. Like, it's like a really simple flash game, like the lowest common denominator, simple creatures, simple combat. Yeah, we when we had it in the office and you guys were all going crazy with the figures and stuff like that, I came over and I was like, oh, Jose, I want to try this. And he played it for 10 minutes and he was like, you don't want to try this. See, what we what we <laughs> like about it is the fact that it's Pokemon and it's collaborative, right? Sure. That's what's cool. It's cute. And it succeeds based on that, but it is really like a free online flash game. By the way, did you ever review that? Uh, No. Why you... <laughs> We should. I just we got should. in trouble on the podcast. We no, should no. We should we should warn some people. I'm sure there are fans out there. Um, somebody said Excite Bike. I'm not even going to mention your name because that's just cruel. I love Excite Bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I what about Excite, Excite Truck? Did you like that? I loved Excite just Truck. Excite. I loved Excite Truck. I think it was one of the best Wii games. Actually, yeah, I totally agree. Well, that butt metal didn't get to you at all. Yeah. Like, no, no, that was great. That made it better. That's truck music, man. You could truck on the moon in that yeah. game. That game was awesome. <laughs> okay, good, good. So here's a controversial one. Global Link 99 says this made me think for a moment, but I would possibly choose Animal Crossing. Sorry about this, but I can't get my mind around doing chores during the early games of becoming the mayor in New Leaf. Man, that's harsh, dude. Yeah. Animal, I love Animal Crossing. Nintendogs, Drybones21, because n- Nintendogs. <laughs> no, he's, he's right. Mario Party, Wingman17. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of we play Mario Party. Somebody says if anyone suggests Fire Emblem, they have to answer to me, and nobody did. So that's good. Um, thank you for that. Fire, uh, first NES fan, 1978. Um, All right, so I have some from Facebook. Yeah, what do you, you want to read off a few more? No, or? keep on going. Okay, so uh, Zimmer Ramiz said Fox, uh, excuse me, Star Fox, Freudian slip, Star Fox. Uh, I almost agree with that. I feel mm-hmm. like Star Fox is just kind of, the remake was good on 3DS, but it is a remake. Like, when was the last good Star Fox game? You know, right, that's played? true. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, Christopher Saunders said 1080, although, well, how many 1080s were there? I'm not there sure. There were two. like two, right? Yeah, two, yeah. two. Okay, so See, the original was awesome. It's just that I think we fell out of love with, with snowboarding games oh, because we, we feel like we've done everything we can with SSX. and. Right, I feel like SSX just like nailed everything so well that yeah. like 1080 just fell away. I don't think, know, no one really cares about it. about it. What was that Disney Interactive game where you uh, you, you raced through um, cityscapes that are blowing up and uh, slipping Oh, you're talking about Split Second. That yeah, was Split really Second. good. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. I thought Split Second was really cool because you had this kind of Beetle Adventure racing setup with lots of I like, love changing. That game. Me yeah. too. With lots of changing environments and stuff. And like, I could see a snowboarding game that does that where the levels are truly exciting and like the avalanches actually feel like you're inside this giant, like, avalanche not just kind of you know totally i could see that working on a next gen platform but remember when uh your snowboarding game was part of your launch lineup that was the thing yeah that and ridge racer were both like required (laughs) at launch and at least it felt that way right yep yep um all right so a few more steven carpoli and kirk landry both agree mario party which came up before 
Kyle Wackerly said Paper Mario. And Aww. here's uh, one that's going to rub Pear the wrong way. Uh, Electra Harms said F-Zero Pear. What? Yeah. Well, Nintendo already did that for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they gave it to Sega. No, I, I disagree with that. I think F Zero is uh, is one of the last skill based, really technical games that Nintendo has, and they're. I mean, that's kind of to a fault, right? A lot of people pick up these games, go like, "Whoa!" You know, with F Zero X, it was really sparse looking, and people didn't think it looked as cool as Wipeout, which was mm-hmm. out at the same time, right? And then with with GX and AX, people picked up the game and they said, "What are you doing?" This yeah. game is like it physically like it takes out a bat and hits me in the nuts yeah. when I'm playing yeah. it. And know? I've been playing video games my yeah. whole life. I love Nintendo games hard. and I love F Zero, but I hate F Zero because F Zero makes me break controllers. I, I love it. I, I get think so F-Zero mad. GX. I think F Zero GX is the best racing game ever made. It's so good. I um, love that game. I love. It's just I love the challenge. I love it so much, and just like it feels so good and so fast. It's. It's one of those games where when you do beat that last uh, stage in the cup and you come in first, you just jump up. You're like, yes, you scream. (laughs) It killed you like 50 times before then, you know? Um, So I don't don't agree with it, but I do think it needs something new in order for it to sell in this market, right? So so my answer, I haven't given one yet, is uh, New Super Mario Brothers. I want that. Uh, Get the hell out of here. I want it to go away. So let 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 me just explain. I understand what those games are going for, and I and I respect them for it. Right, that classic 2D nostalgia, following a lot of the same rules for the most part. Right, I mean they still operate on lives. They still have a point counter, even though who's watching that? Unless speedrunners are watching that, Cosmo, you can. No, I don't. Know. I don't think they are, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah, and and the structure is very much the same as like Super Mario Brothers three for the most part. They follow that template, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like. You know, they don't take a lot of risks visually. From a platforming perspective, they do try and add on whatever new thing is added to that Nintendo platform. So, for example, in the Wii version, there was some motion control stuff. In the Wii U version, there was some touchscreen stuff. But I feel like I just want to see those 2D games evolve in a, in, a, in a sort of a bigger way. And I feel like the small incremental steps, which Nintendo is known for, to mm-hmm. be fair, um, just are not doing it for me at yeah. all. You know what? I... I I agree with you. There are a couple of readers too, like Nintendo ninety, Eric J, D Master three four two, say the same thing about New Super Mario Brothers. Like I was thinking about that game, uh, and I disagree with you a little bit. But they could conceivably take the tile set from Super Mario World from the Super NES, make all new levels, and stick it out there, and it would be as good yeah. as New Super Mario Brothers, despite not having that visual f- fidelity. The one thing that I'd say is different is the multiplayer. Like, yeah, it is. It is totally. It can drive you crazy, and it's tough. But it oh, it'll start fights with it friends. Introduces yeah. this dynamic where you have to pay attention. Like it, the the only the obstacles aren't just the bullet builds; it's your friends too, mm-hmm. right? Like you bounce yeah. off the heads and you kill them and you fall yourself. And I really love that they did that. When that but that pause when someone dies is it's so annoying. irritating. Oh god, it's, it's something so that has to change. They like, should do a, like a boom, 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 like a three, two, one countdown when that happens, just yeah. to get you back because freezing and then you dying is just the most annoying thing. Ever. Yeah, it's... but but like I feel like if they need to do something with that franchise because it feels like it went to the well a little bit too often now. Yeah, yeah I feel like I'm not excited about that franchise much and I just think like, wow, if imagine they spent that development time making like a brand new 2D Metroid or something, I think that would be a lot, like really interesting. Good answer. Uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Did All anybody, right. one guy in comments, 81, Jono 81 said, uh, Wave Race, it's not hard. 
Jesus, I love mm-hmm. Wave Race. Yeah. Again, oh, that's man. another. I mean, we haven't seen that that franchise in ages. We've seen two, right? Uh, well, not counting the yeah. Game Boy, not quite Wave Race, Wave Race, but. You know, the original N64 game blew my mind. Just taking shortcuts by going under the water and stuff was just so awesome. And I thought the sequel that NST did had some really cool technical components, too, where you could really compete for great times by doing some original stuff. I so, guess, real real quick, oh, back yeah, to yeah. what Jose was saying. Because yeah, yeah, um, sure. I actually, I love the new Super Mario games. And no. I, I'm weird, right? And I, I play them with my uh, with my fiancé, and they, they're really fun to me. Like, And I am weird, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like each one is so slightly incrementally different that I feel almost as if... Nintendo is also hearing and seeing what people are saying when they're like, I'm bored with these. They're too uh, repetitive and stuff like that. I have a feeling the next one they do will complete, be completely off the wall, both visually, gameplay-wise. It'll still be a side-scrolling game. But I think that what they did with um, the new Luigi pack thing, yeah, yeah, like it's good. really smart. It's really cool. Like mm-hmm. You have 99 seconds to beat a level. It's the, the, each stage starts with that like race to the flagpole music. You're yeah. out of time. Um they have to be beaten all straight through. There's no checkpoints anymore. I thought, thought some of the coin stuff they did on the 3DS version was cool. I thought that adding multiplayer on the Wii version was cool. Um, the Wii U thing was sort of like, hey, we need something for launch. So I give them an excuse there. But the level design there was really, really good. And I mean, yeah. in terms of if we get to these things once a year and the levels are, you know, there's 80 brand new levels and they're really fun in multiplayer, then I'm going to keep buying them personally. Yeah, I, I can see why people are getting fatigued. Yeah. But I feel like there's just enough in each one to lead me along to the next one. I feel like the logical next step is to Little Big Planet it, where you have a tile-based um, game. You give the tools to the users to make any level they want. They can create their own textures. They can use blocks, put them wherever, and share them out into the community. That, to me, is a killer app. You're using, using 2D for a reason. You know, you're creating this... this Pair, what does everybody game. do when they get Little Big Planet? They make Super Mario Brothers level. Yeah, no. <laughs> so what the hell are you going to do if you no, get exactly. Little Big Planet yeah. Mario? You're just gonna make that the sounds like a really good idea, especially <laughs> considering, like, um, like, think about how popular all those Super Mario World hacks are. Like, yeah. all these people make these hacks for fun, and, like, if Nintendo launched a game where you could make your own levels and stuff. I think people would really love that. Yeah, and it works for Donkey Kong too, but like Little Big Planet to me is it succeeds despite its platforming elements. It's a really crappy platformer. I I love that game. Yeah. But but it's really hard to line yourself up. It's very loose, right? It is little puppets and Mario is super precise. Like Take you that. can you can align things and you can you can exactly make that jump if you are an amazing player, but everybody else is going to fall. And I think people could make amazing challenge maps. I love then, the idea. Yeah. I just I feel like Nintendo's way too uh, close guarded when it comes to their their creativity and level design when it comes yeah. to something like that. Like I don't know if they would just be like, yeah, sure, make your own Mario game. Well, they let you make all these tiles in Animal Crossing. You think they would like loosen up a little? But, those are baby but, steps. Though. Yeah, those are baby steps. And I think on record they've just kind of said, well, look, we don't, you know, just we're developers. There's an art to what we do, and yeah. we feel. This is really relevant. However, I do want to say what you said about Little Big Planet earlier. Take that podcast beyond. Yeah. <laughs> beyond. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> I just I had to do it. Um, no, but seriously, yeah, I, I agree, and I think it would be interesting. I just don't know if Nintendo would ever, you, you know, sort you of say open. That, but think about it: Mario Artist Series, Mario Paint. Nintendo actually has made more creative kits than any other. Yeah, but not big for game design. Well, they'll let you draw whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, they don't want you competing <laughs> yeah. with their guys. And honestly, no. I don't want to go home and make a Mario game. I we work did. all day. I want professionals to make yeah, Mario games. Yeah, that's how I feel about Little League Planet, where I get really excited about both. all the things you can do in it. But the community is what makes that better, right? 
right? I mean, you you go online and you see what people are making. It's kind of like playing sound shapes and how you'll look through like those recommended levels and you're like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that from yeah. Yeah, yeah. sound shapes. Actually, a lot of games have, you know, Excite Bike, Fire Emblem have like, you know, level creator add-ons mm-hmm. and stuff uh, from Nintendo. So I don't think, uh, but they've never made it a they've never made it a main part of a game except for F-Zero construction set which came out on the 6040D only. I have that. So we got to do a let's play on that cuz yeah. you can make you can make insane levels in that game. It's really cool. And I I've, I've I've been yearning for something like that to come out again. Okay. Sweet. And Mario, they should do it with Mario. All right. So, uh last quick one to toss out there before we move on. Let's not spend too much more time on this cuz we got to go soon. <laughs> is uh Someone, uh, a couple of people mentioned Wario. That the Wario games have really yeah. gone downhill. Um, and to be fair, most of, a lot of them have been outsourced. But yeah, it's it's a little different with that series as well. Like WarioWare and Wario platformers in general, like Wario Land, are not that much of a thing anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was never really really wild about the 2D Wario games. I know really? some people are crazy yeah, about yeah, this. No. I never really was. Um, once four the war- is my favorite. One of my favorite platformers. Ever. I see. I actually yeah. like. I liked four better than the other ones. Once WarioWare came out, though, I was like, "This is the shit. This is awesome." Yeah. And then little by little, each one was just like, "Man, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, we're sort of chasing ghosts here." Like, I love. I love. Um, was it Twisted? Yeah, Twisted was oh, the one that was, was really great. good. Yeah. It was really good. And I'm surprised no one who makes iPhone games has ripped that off. I know. The but fact s- that that hasn't happened like blows my mind. But a lot of the console ones, like the recent Wii U one, the mm-hmm. um, the GameCube one, and I guess the one for Wii, were just sort of like, why are they, they're yeah. like these party game collections. Well, and- there was a DS one, the DIY one. That to go full circle back to that, like there was a do-it-yourself. Oh like, right, right. That's right. Yeah. That was fun and that was cool. And they had like a developer, guest developers making one each week. There was like a download level. That was a really cool way to do that. Uh, yeah. Not to not to drive back to that too much. Sure. Hey, are you going to say something? No, or? I mean the WarioWare titles are kind of like a joke to me, and by that I don't mean they're stupid or bad. They're kind of like you tell it once and it's really funny, and then you tell it again, it gets older and older, right? Like. When you play that first game, it, it was it was so fresh and so yeah. unique and so different. Nobody else did games like that. And then when you got twisted, they used that interaction of tilting in a really unique way. They had do you remember that they had like a cheese grating yeah. Like toy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just did, you're like, oh my god, this feels like a cheese grater. It's yeah, really like weird, that's right? what I love about those games. Yeah. It's not just the the single player campaign, but the overall package. They just pack it with all these cool little toys and yeah. trinkets and stuff like that. And it needs a it needs a hook, otherwise it becomes a joke told. Twice, yeah. twice, whatever, right? Yeah. And, Which is honestly yeah. back to Mario. That's kind of how I feel about the the first thirty seconds of every one of those new Super Mario games yeah. or any Mario game. You don't even have to tell that story anymore. Hello, yeah. like, hey, come on over. We're gonna. Oh no, you're gone. Okay, I'll come chase you. You don't even have to do that. Just cut right to the part where Mario gets up and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go well, save her again. Yeah. Oh, that speaking, would be nice. By the way, speaking of Mario, that new 3D uh, world trailer. You yeah, know, I was kind of. Yeah. I was kind of. You know, I was underwhelmed with the the 3D World presentation I saw at E3. Yep, you and everyone else. And what I played, I was like, eh, even the multiplayer, I wasn't feeling it. And that looks awesome. Yep. Dude, so that the, trailer looks awesome. So let's transition to that, right? There was a Nintendo Direct this week, and uh, they let off, I believe, with Super Mario 3D World. Um, and we also had some impressions go up on the site because uh, a couple of folks in the office went to see it. I played it. Yeah, that trailer, the music in that trailer was so good. It was this upbeat jazz. Like, yeah. You don't hear that from Mario, like, so, ever. So that's the so thing, good. right? And th- I want to I wanna live in a world where I can get my new Super Luigi's, and then I can also get something like this. And everyone's like, oh, they keep doing the same thing over. They're reusing assets. They're reusing music. Not in this game. This game is like the crazy, insane, creative Nintendo putting all their strengths behind Mario yet again. Instead of just going, you know, 
uh, well, yeah, you get the, the penguin suit and you get the big Mario and then see you next year. They're like, well, uh, you're a cat and you can play multiplayer and you can – it's it's like Super Mario 2. Everyone has different attributes. And also there's this new element now where you get a cherry. And when you get a cherry, you have double Marios. And when you get another cherry, you have triple Marios. And that goes up to five. And that's just in single player. So in multiplayer, I think they cap it at two characters each, but there's four characters. So you have eight crazy Mario characters running around. <laughs> and if you watch the trailer at the end, like that actually happened to us uh, when me and a couple IGN editors went to play with uh, Bill Trinan, who um, works for Nintendo and has made it a point every time he's ever debuted a Mario game to invite us down so he can publicly shame us. I come in there and he goes, is he a god at Mario? Oh, man. And he's that. just like, he's like, all right, so you get this, all right. And then he just whoops our asses in front of everybody. And I'm like, dude, I've been playing video games my whole life. So uh, it's, it's just really, really fun. And I think a lot of the worries people had about this was that it would sort of be a console version of 3D Land. Yeah. And in some ways it is. But I would say that the, it's, the verticality of all the levels leans itself more towards Galaxy than it does 3D Land. 3D Land felt very grounded. Galaxy felt very super out there. Um, this is somewhere in between those two. It's, and I, it's yeah. weird, right? It's not as showy as a galaxy where the camera nope. is behind the character and you get this beautiful vista. But then, like, you watch the trailer and he's got, like, a baseball and a soccer ball and he picks up a piranha plant. Like, he does all yeah. these different things you haven't seen him do in a game like this before. Yeah. So think about galaxy when you're, you know, you're flying through space sure, it's fun and it's like, wow, I've never played anything like this. But the second you hit down on a planet and you go, whoa, what the hell is going on here? Uh, Super Mario 3D World does that for every level. It's sort of just like pretend in your mind that you were just flying around in space. If you want your Galaxy 3, this is it. You just land. All of a sudden, you're on a planet where uh, there's soccer ball cannons, and the soccer balls are bombs, and Bowser's driving a car. And, and he brings in the Soviet army. Yeah, and you're like, all right, I got to do all this. Then there's this like limbo level where everything's shadowed out, and it's just like it's really smart. It's really That's cool. Yeah. Um, playing in single player and playing in multiplayer for the first time in, in Mario history feels completely completely different really? uh, the last few mario games i'd say and even like the the 2d side-scrolling ones the new super mario games they feel competitive to a sense but you're also all headed towards the same goal and you're kind of racing towards it but you're with each other and you're collecting coins and you're stacking up at the end to see if you can build something together this game is way 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 more competitive like if you see an enemy on a screen you want to kill that enemy before anybody else does because you'll get more points and those mm -hmm. points at the end are tallied up and whoever wins gets a crown, and you get to carry that crown into the next stage. And I don't know what happens if you beat the stage with that crown, because my friends are horrible. Yeah, they all well, knock me in a pit and beat the crap out of me. Yeah, but we saw an interesting thing happen where we were fighting a boss, and uh, if you jump on the boss three times, he's dead. So the first two times you jump on him, you get 4,000 points. But the third person to jump on him gets 8,000. So one of us jumped on him, the other guy jumped on him, and then we were like, oh, I really want that 8,000 points. So we were like scrambling to fight each other to get this last hit on him. Yeah. We were also sort of backing away to not get the second to last hit, because I'm like, oh, you take that, I'm going to take the good one. So it really changes the, uh, the dynamic. I think like the the people were worried about this not being a creative Mario game, and it's probably turning out to be one of the most creative ones they've made in ages. That's so, awesome. So, Cosmo, what did you think of that trailer? What, what were yeah, your impressions? I, I don't think I was like, a, I don't know if this is going to get me like, <laughs> give me, uh, I don't know what your guys' opinion of the 3DS Mario uh, Land game, 3D Mario Land was, but uh, this one looked like a big, big improvement to me. Sure. And I guess I was um, more excited. Like, I, I I guess in the beginning, like maybe the first half of that trailer, I was like, okay, it's another one of these. But then I saw like um, 
I don't know, Peach is floating around shooting fireballs and like there's all these crazy upgrades and stuff. So it actually looks like a, a pretty significant like improvement in probably a game worth purchasing. Yeah. For yeah. sure, yeah. I'm, I'm really surprised. Um, oh, I'll get to that. I'm, I'm really surprised uh, by the amount of mileage and, and just the reception they're getting out of that one perspective. Because after Galaxy, I feel like the expectation became, oh, well, Galaxy was so cool because you were like running along like upside down and on planets and running around. And the camera was constantly making you platform under different viewing conditions. Yeah. And they're getting all of this mileage out of sort of this isometric look. But it looks so good. Like a yeah. lot of the platforming looked just so much better and what I was expecting versus yeah. or compared to 3D Land, as Cosmo brought up, where – you know that sort of fit as a portable game, and then when you when you unlock the second half, you know, is when you find the challenging stuff. But what they showed in that trailer made it look like, hey, this is going to be challenging from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing, I mean, again, the one thing that it doesn't have is this. You see a screenshot, and it has this instant wow factor, right? It does look like 3D land at a higher uh, fidel- fidelity. It doesn't yeah. look like you know, like you don't look at it and go like, oh my god, I have to buy a Wii to play this, a Wii U to play sure, this. Sure. So that's the challenge with that title i think just marketing it but man if you watch just 10 seconds of gameplay footage i think you see all the different applications they added and it looks really fun cool cool. yeah a lot of the um a lot of the effects in the game are really cool too like you're running around and there's this sort of wind waker-esque cartoon smoke trail behind you at all times i didn't notice that as much in the original reveal it's it's really sweet and there's like this all, all the grass in the game looks like astroturf like yeah. it looks like it's actually this sort of plastic world somebody <laughs> built. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the art style. I think That's it looks amazing. really pretty. Cool. I think Nintendo's really good at like nailing those kind of aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they're really good at like getting that certain type of style out of their games. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some of the explosions in the game, and I actually made a joke during the demo. I was like, "You guys put like the water effects from Uncharted in the background of this game, because like you just look in the back, and there's just like this the best looking water you've ever seen. You're like, why is that here in a Mario game? You're not even interacting with it. You're on some giant floating happy square in the sky, like way miles and miles away from it. But they're just like, ah, oh, well, you know, we want it yeah. to look good. So just had something left over from Pikmin. Yeah. <laughs> so so we have a rewind trailer, uh, or excuse me, a rewind theater up for that. Uh, myself and Marty Sleva just sort of went through frame by frame and picked apart visually what we could as well as Marty kind of giving his his impressions as well because he was there with Brian so you should definitely check that out on the site some other news from Nintendo Direct uh, Wii U Party is, is still a thing it's it's coming it looked really weird because mm-hmm. they have this you know sort of weird mini game variety that I know some people just kind of look down on and I I don't know I have friends over who will play weird shit like that Me sometimes too. if I talk them into it Do you know though yeah. The, here's my issue with that game. Go with it. What do you got? It looks like it was made by a student. Like it, like visually, yeah, just it's kind not... of like the gameplay mechanics. Yep. Everything looks like something we would get from an iOS developer saying, "Hey, check out my my project." Yeah, right? it doesn't like, look really yeah. remarkable. And at Nintendo all. has a really high level of polish whenever they they release one of their big games. Where even like the menu sounds, everything is really memorable. And this doesn't have that. That's my worry with this game that it's just kind of farted out. We play collection. Yeah, it looks like those Wii games, yeah. right? Where there's no. It feels generic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great point. Yeah. So, but. That doesn't mean that it can't be fun. Like a lot of the simplest kind of, you know, pong games can be really, really fun to play. And I love the concept of putting the the tab the tablet down and like scooping and stuff. Like it it looks yeah. cool. Sure. I noticed with most of their mini game collections that there's you know a bunch of duds and then there's a couple okay ones, but there's always one or two that I'm just like totally hooked on. Yeah. So I always I always keep a like a, an open eye out for. 
for whatever they're doing next yeah. in terms of that. Because there's always one or two that I'm like, man, I'm hooked on this thing. Now we have a new gamepad stand. Did you guys see it? No. So it, it's basically a way to lay the gamepad sort of like flat for flat. some of the mini games. When oh, you're I did playing. see that. Yeah, another stand for it's another like a, It's Nintendo like a little product. table. <laughs> oh, does anyone else feel like there's just like way too many controllers on the Wii U and like accessories? Like, yeah, I don't uh, know. You got like the, the Wiimote, the, the Nunchuck, the Classic, the Classic Pro, the Wii U Pro, the GamePad. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't know. It yeah. feels like they have a whole crisis going on with the amount of like controllers and accessories it, and stuff. It honestly, it's just like confusing, honestly. It feels, yeah, like the, um, it feels like the NES all over again where you'd look down on, on your living room floor and you'd have a power pad and a light gun and a yeah, who was using a Rob after like the nobody? <laughs> nobody. No, right, yeah, he's on sure. my desk at work actually. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. It's interesting that history kind of repeats itself. So, yeah. like, I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, nah. for a while, packing in hardware was the big selling item, right? Like, yeah. Nintendo made a big business out of selling Wii Play with a controller in it, and then you know Mario Kart had to have the controller shell for the steering. Oh right. And stuff. So that was a big thing, and like companies like THQ and Activision tried to duplicate that success, and you know both of them failed in, in spectacular ways. To, to, you know the Tony Hawk game with the super expensive technical. Um, skateboard uh, packed in failed and then of course THQ with the whole uh, you draw thing mm-hmm. yeah, well, and they have uh, they also speaking of pack in hardware they also had Mario and Luigi um, what was it remotes, controllers yeah, yeah we remote yeah. so that was a thing as well um, that they showed during that direct. I was just going to look up. I believe it was with Wii U Party. I'm pretty sure. You know what bugs right. me is like the remotes actually look really cool, but then you have to put the stupid rubber condom thing over it, and they look dumb. I know. Well, like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know we're all grown ups now. And we're going to be more careful and not yeah. break our TVs, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, they look they look really good, and they have like the Mario and Luigi branding on them. So that's we actually cool. we made that joke when we went to play uh, Mario 3D World at Nintendo last week. Was we just grabbed some of the Wiimotes and picked them up. And I think Sam Claiborne was like, dude, you're not going to strap that in. You, you're going to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we'll be okay. We're adults here. At every yeah. public Nintendo event, there's they still make, somebody I know. comes up goes like, oh, no, no. You please have to have, please yeah. don't yeah. throw that through yeah. our television. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, those videos. Remember when mm-hmm. that was a thing? All right, so uh, really quickly, Pikmin 3 uh, DLC pack announced. Played it. Um, pretty cheap. Did you play it already? Yeah, I already All downloaded it last night. Yeah, I downloaded it, what, $1.99, right? I came home and Daughter Soros Rex said, hey, <laughs> yeah. we got to download this. And it's a lot smarter, too, because when you buy it off the eShop, then it just installs. It wasn't like that weird situation with New Super Mario Brothers where you had to get a title update in order to then go oh, download yeah, the update. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was such a Super secret. Luigi U. Yeah, it was so And on the on the bad. homepage of the eShop right now, it says... New DLC available, and there's always little Pikmin holding up the sign. So it's they're not trying to hide and, it like they did. And with in the, the game, when you go into the the, the challenges, you can see like well, available now in the it. East. So yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, oh, you gotta I update see. it first. Yeah, they need to figure out how to do that. Like, but there's from more the coming. That yeah. that's my impression, right? This is just the first well, of probably like five or six. Well, of the other things. modes only have like one row of challenges, mm-hmm. so you could see maybe in one of them, maybe not the boss battle one, unless they bring back old Pikmin bosses that you could do DLC. But we played it, um, downloaded the free one first, finished that one super fast, and then. You know, just wanted to play all of them, and they're really fun challenges. They're tough, you know. Like mm-hmm. for with some of the early ones, we were able in co-op mode, we were able to beat them like with platinum right away. These later ones, definitely a little tighter on time. You really got to know where stuff is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it I seems it. like uh, I think Nintendo. It almost seems like they are kind of promoting like, hey, here's the game that's like just a party game, the we like we party. Then they got like this DLC pack, and it's kind of like, oh. Like there is actual gameplay depth here, and we would um, 
we would like to see you do your best or whatever, have a good yeah. time with the yeah. challenges or whatever. So it's kind of it's kind of seems like they are kind of getting kind of both markets or whatever. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, but no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, a couple of others. They had a new trailer for Bravely Default um, where they showed off some of the voice acting, which <laughs> it said underneath almost apologetically, you can have the audio in Japanese. Thank God. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, I, but the game looks fantastic. I have uh, been looking forward to that. Uh, and that's R- a 2014 game And as it's well. an RPG from Square. Yep, yeah. yep. So that's something mm-hmm. to get excited for. Speaking of 2014, though, we got the confirmation that Donkey Kong is delayed yep. until February of 2014. 2014, and I would like to talk to this panel about that because uh, some Twitter followers mentioned, you know, just sort of like 3D. The the wonderful 3D World trailer was a was a consolation prize that they just kind of felt cheated that Donkey Kong's not coming out this year. Now, my argument is, first of all, I don't get up in arms when games get delayed anymore because I feel like seven to eight times out of ten that usually helps that product be better when it comes out at least yeah. i want to believe that unless yeah. it just falls into another delay and another delay and it becomes yeah. a cycle like the last guardian the the game will come out and it's a good game but you, you are know? also yeah. you also have access to so many games right if you are you know think think about people who don't do this for a living who maybe only have one console and they're like they love you know they love the last donkey kong game and they they want one so yeah. badly and that's their number one game that they're looking forward to this year and then i'm surprised by it. that though just cuz yeah, the, the reception to donkey kong even 83 was another one like i you don't know, know what? guys it but may have been the, too close but that's the press right that's, that's true that's us that's and true. there are a lot of gamers who really love those titles and in the past i mean donkey kong 64 sold like crazy i remember that and we were all kind of like eh, it's not that yeah. great and yeah lots I, of i think a lot things. of the perception is that people think that the moment this game comes out, Retro is going to start Metroid. Uh, oh, is that it? So they're sort of like, get out of the way, get out of the line. Uh-huh. We want Metroid here, and you know. So this thing is sort of holding back every in their minds, of course. You but know. Reality, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. In reality, Donkey Kong will outsell Me- Metroid. Oh, you ten know, to any, one. Any of these Donkey Kong yeah. games will mm, outsell any Metroid game. That, it's sad but true. But hey, man, maybe this game is going to be really cool. I certainly like the visuals and just kind of like the frantic pace of it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. But then you know, like. I was talking about somebody with this, like Mario goes, somebody said Mario goes up against the next gen console launches. And, you know, I was like, no, actually Mario goes up against Link Between Worlds, honestly. Like, I feel like those yeah. two titles are in the same, you know, cater to the same audience and they're launching in the same time frame. Same like, day. I, I actually think maybe having too many of these games that are kind of more cartoonish and n- Nintendo fun in the same quarter is, could be an issue for them. Right? Jose, are, th- th- are those games really launching on the same day? Yeah. 3D World and mean, uh, right? Link Between Worlds Which day? are the same day, November 22nd. Wow. So the week and after the the. Well, PS4. that's also the day that uh, the, is that Xbox the Xbox One, One? comes out. Jesus. Same day. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the so. apocalypse. It's happening. <laughs> God damn it. So, so, ergo, I mean, for us, not having a Donkey Kong game is just fine because there are 9 billion other games to yeah. play, including on both Nintendo platforms, right? So um, I'll, I'll accept that point, but I feel Pokemon like... Uh, yeah, that too, October 12th. Um, I will accept that point, but I feel that right now, at least... You know, I'm going to speak now for myself. I'm going to try and remove the press hat uh, for a second. Donkey Kong has not, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze has not really impressed me yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that just like Mario 3D World, with a little bit more time, another trailer, another like hands on, whatever, I will come around. Where it was sitting in this release window, even in December, to me was like, well, whatever, that's coming out in December. Yeah, sure. So I'm hoping that with this delay, I, they'll find 
you know, ways to turn people like me because I don't think I'm alone on that. But mm-hmm. again, I do totally agree with your point, though, Pear, where if on the consumer side, this could be something that someone is really looking forward to and it's unfortunate. But yeah. I think and, Nintendo delays usually pay off versus, you know, some other publishers. I, sure. I just think, like, and I didn't even mention Sonic. I mean, there's a new Sonic Wii U and a 3DS game as That's well, right. right? And, like, I feel like these are all kind of sharing the same universe. Yeah. Know? Like, so I. I I think it's going to be better for that game, honestly, to have follow through in February with with this release rather than us sitting here going like, man, I finished all these games. I've got nothing to play on my Wii U now. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it'll be okay. So don't be too mad there, folks. You got the consolation price of a Kirby trailer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so before they talked about the Kirby trailer, though, they did talk about uh, Zelda Link Between Worlds. And there was more insight by uh, none other than A.G. Numa, the series producer right now. And uh, it was interesting, right? It was him coming up to basically say, hey, you know that idea of Zelda being linear? Well, this game is going to toss that out completely. There will yep. be an item shop. And the item shop was revealed on Miiverse initially. It was one of the updates mm-hmm. that Aonuma put up in the, one of the Zelda rooms. But uh, there was a bit more context put into it, Al- right? Al- already theories that the shop owner is the same as the mask salesman because in one of the screenshots you can see Majora's mask hanging on the wall. Yep. <laughs> Presumably as a non-usable item, but like you know, he wears this full-body kind of nabbit suit so yeah. who knows uh, who's hiding underneath that but I have a feeling it's just going to be a new character we'll yeah. people so, always get in these theories because Nintendo yeah. always like hints at like past games so people like develop these like yeah. huge interconnected like I don't know it's kind of funny how that works but yeah mm-hmm. the item shop um, I always like thinking about like the structure of the Zelda games and like for example I think Majora's Mask is really interesting just like the whole structure of it with the time and like the side quests and everything Yeah, and this seems like an like this kind of announcement with this whole thing where you can like just get whatever item like and it becomes super nonlinear. I think it's really interesting. It kind of makes me um, a lot more curious about the game because like, yeah, just like the structure might be like really interesting because of that. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that actually the dungeons have different degrees of difficulty, just like in the original original Zelda game, right? Sure. Where like you can get yourself in trouble if you go to the more difficult dungeon first. I would love that. Rather than yeah, that would be really great. Yeah, rather than having adaptive difficulty where you only have to hit the boss three times if you have three hearts or whatever, or ten times if you have ten hearts. If it was really difficult to do some of those dungeons out of order, that'd be Mm -hmm. awesome. You know. Yeah, I always play the ones in the originals out of, out of order. Like, if you can beat the the third dungeon in that game mm-hmm. without beating the first and second, and it's harder than the you know than the first two, yeah. then yeah, go for it. So if they're if they're inviting that kind of play, then that's mm-hmm. really cool um, from my perspective, and it's probably you know even ten times cooler for someone like you, Cosmo, because you can just kind of go like. Hey, I'm gonna get the hammer. I'm gonna beat the main boss, and yeah. uh, there's my right. Speed yeah, run. <laughs> like just like the whole like the concept of doing things in weird orders in games, just is like really cool because it lets you. It just adds so much replayability. Like you get to try out all these different things. Yeah, and um, I also would really like to see like difficulty in later dungeons. Like you kind of just wander into this area that's like super hard, and you're like, whoa, maybe I should come back here later. But I kind of want to keep going and see if I can like get through it. I don't know if that will necessarily happen just because mm-hmm. of like I mean you look at Skyward Sword and like uh, Fee is like telling you what to do for like the entire game so right. yeah. kind of not very optimistic on something like that but 
it's kind of set itself up so it might actually be a possibility. So I guess I'll. Uh, well, they have um, the challenge. They have the challenge that they need to make games for a really wide audience, right? The kids yeah. play it, and and people like us who've beaten the original and kind of know the structure of the gameplay, and so they want to have a good uh, experience for everyone. And I thought, you know, the Mario, the last Mario games did a good job with like the bubble mechanic, or you know, the hey, beat this level for me kind of features. Yep. So hopefully they can bring that into the Zelda games where when I'm on the last boss and he's kicking my ass that you know a helper can appear and say like man you're getting your ass kicked do you need some help here i've got this magic wand and i can say no you know i'm gonna do it myself so there's there's that they've been they've been slowly developing that kind of stuff in their game so maybe maybe we'll get some of that sure sure um just to kind of bring this back around a lot of the what what Aonuma was talking about, too, we heard him talk about earlier this year, right? That January Nintendo Direct where he basically tossed out there, okay, we're rethinking the conventions of Zelda. What does it mean to be single player? And, you know, the idea of experimenting with dungeons um, or the linear way that you play Zelda. And I feel like so far, I mean, I, I assumed he was talking about the Zelda for Wii U. And it right. turns out, you know, the what does it mean to be single player was the Wind Waker experiment with the bottles. And the linear, the, you know, sort of the linear path of Zelda is now a link between worlds. Yeah. So it's really interesting slash weird to me. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I assume those were for the next game. And I hope these experiments are somehow influencing now that next game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's sort of my concern slash worry. And I'm with you also, Cosmo, as far as like structure goes. Like what is it going to do that I have to save up money to buy an item, you know, and, and how that's going to play into I just think it's games. really cool that they're yeah. the guts to change that, right? Like it's something that we all love, but kind of complain about and like yeah. turn it on its head I, I just think it's really yeah. cool no I agree because now agree. I'm curious I'm like wait how is this going to work I thought I knew the overworld and I'm seeing the trailer and there's a freaking windmill and a fat Zora queen and stuff right just seeing that <laughs> gives me hope that there's a lot more to this game than you know simply added mechanics of having you know walking like an Egyptian hieroglyphic <laughs> yeah, so they also yeah. clarified that uh Nabbit and Rovio are not the same person, yep. which is a missed opportunity <laughs> to me because you didn't put a chomp in Link's Awakening and then say, oh, well, that's not chomp. But what, yeah. if, that's it, something what, else. what if it is the mask salesman? Maybe it is a link between two worlds literally no, that's fine. with yeah. Majora's Mask, yeah. right? I'll, you, I'll take it. I'm just saying. You wouldn't want Nabbit to take Majora's Mask. <laughs> People eat that stuff up. They, yeah. they love all those like connections like that. They For really sure. do. What yeah. if they're linking between Mario's worlds? Like, uh, uh-huh. I don't no, know. Was it was link- amazing that they even had to be like, now a lot of people were confused, but I was like, I wasn't. Just show me something cool. Maybe it's like Bioshock. Maybe like there's always a boy and a princess. Yeah. And mm. a demon king. And this mask and this guy. And it spoilers. is. No, that's exactly, that's exactly what Zelda <laughs> is. There's always this green kid that wakes up and he's got to fight the thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the whole. Like, you don't need a timeline. You don't a need man. a. There's a boy and a fairy, and he's tired, and he yeah. doesn't want to go to he work. He doesn't always have a fairy, but yeah. Yeah, it's true. Or he starts out without one. All right, next, uh, Kirby's. Tr- so in Japan, they have the subtitle Triple Deluxe. I believe in the States, it doesn't have a, tri- uh, a, a subtitle, but it is a Kirby game for 3DS. Uh, I don't know. I, we'll see. Like, I, I guess I could be excited for that, but I'm not really a big fan of Kirby. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to skip it. So far, I mean, I, I want it to impress me. I'll wait until it impresses me. Right now, I'm not impressed. Yeah, we'll see. You yeah. never know. I mean, like, the past games have been so different. You know, mm-hmm. the gameplay mechanics of Kirby games have been, you know, from, like, uh, from like rolling them with your stylus to, like, classic platformers mm-hmm. to, like, yeah. So I, we don't know what it's going to be like in the end. And I, actually, we'll I actually thought um, 
Canvas Curse was the yeah. best Kirby yes. game yeah, in the last good. 10 years. I really, well, really liked that so game. So was, um, what was the one where he splits up into all these, di- it was like Kirby Daigasso, like something like that, where he yeah. splits up into all those little Kirby's, yeah. there was like That's up right. to 10 of them. Uh, Mass uh, Attack or whatever. Mass Attack, yeah. There yeah. We go. And then yes. there was Air Ride, which, by the way, my kids still swear is a good game, mm. and I loathe How it. How old is your kid? No, they're like... <laughs> I know a lot of people who think Air Ride is amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I played. I never like, really got into it that much, but I never really, I guess, had it. I never like bought it or anything. So you didn't need to get into it. You could pick up the controller, put, put a star, down. put it down, and you would win. Yeah, that. <laughs> but apparently, there's something to it. They really yeah. love it. But yeah, apparently, I, you know, to me, that's like a franchise they've experimented with so much. And like, you know, Yoshi's Story was way easier than World, for example, right? And then mm-hmm. they had the uh, the the yarn one, which had like cool co-op stuff. We'll see. Yeah. it could be cool. No, it could be. I t- completely agree. All right. Well, I've been playing. Oh, sorry. Oh, I've been no, playing Kirby's uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn like kind of recently, like for the first time, and it seems like they made this really pretty game that's like really well put together. But for some reason, I'm just kind of bored when I'm playing Four it. Four babies. I, yeah. Four it's babies. Yeah. It's like yeah. remember when remember when they redid Prince of Persia. I, I love the original Ubisoft Prince of Persia reboots. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you reviewed that Oh, I that love one. Sands of Time. You're talking about that? Yeah, Sands of Time was amazing because it was like you climb on something and you make a mistake and you fall. And so you're scared of falling. You're scared of platforming. And it creates this tension, this adrenaline. And then they redo the game where it's like every time you fall, some chick helps you up. Yeah. Like it's like the geriatric uh, old people's house edition of <laughs> Prince of Persia. And like what that did to me was I'm like, I love the concept of an open world of all this platforming. I love the world and the presentation. And you took everything away that made it scary to jump and climb. Yep. Which is Assassin's Creed does that too, right? But Assassin's Creed is all about more about story exploration, doing stuff. I thought that was the wrong direction for Prince of Persia. And I feel like Kirby suffers from that where, like, you're never scared. You're mm-hmm. never, and not scared, scared, but you're never worried of losing or, yeah. you know. Yep. So they, yeah, they don't yeah. ratchet up. They got to fix that. Definitely. All right. Yep. Well, that's our show for this week. We need a question of the week, though, guys. Question of the week is what's, what was the element that impressed you most, most in the new Mario 3D World trailer? Ooh, I like okay. that. Like, you know, because they show so many different actions that we didn't know about. Yeah. Like, what's, like, the one thing that makes you really look forward to that game? What okay. do you think? Oh, oh did like you it. have another one in mind? No, no, that's no. perfect. Okay. I like Good. it. It's, it's also very timely, so that's great. Because I'm excited about it. I want to hear if anybody else is excited about it. Cool. All right. There's your question of the week, folks. Um, and that's our program. Thank you very much, Cosmo, for joining us. We're going to quickly sure. go around the room and uh, drop your Twitter handle and either something you're working on or, you know, uh, where people can find you on the Internet, stuff like that. Go ahead. This is Pear. Pear IGN on Twitter. I'm working on next year's budget for IGN. Fun. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, How I, do you follow I, this that is, up? This is Brian um, at Agent Bizzle. I'm working on spending next year's budget for IGN. Not fun. <laughs> uh, this is Cosmo, and my Twitter handle is at Cosmo Right. I'll be streaming video games on Twitch TV. I've been playing some Symphony of the Night, and I'll get on Wind Waker HD pretty soon. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Nice. I just want to say real quick, Cosmo, you have really good taste in games. Like pretty much everything you've said today, I've been like, man, those are those are awesome. Games. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think my taste in games is a little bit narrower than most people. Like, I'm I'm never like super excited for like a lot of things that come out, but like I'll sometimes find out about things that are cool like a little bit later after the fact because hmm. I'm kind of too busy playing games that have been out for a while. I guess. Yep. Yeah. It kind of kind of works out. I guess. Wait, did we ask you how many times did you finish Wind Waker? Was no. That a oh gosh. All right, answer that. How <laughs> many on. times? Come on. Drop the number. I wish, I wish I kept count. I wish I kept. Give count. Give us an because... estimate. Is it more than twenty times? 
Oh, easily, yeah. Is it more than 30 times? Yeah. More than 50 times? I would say yeah, yeah, wow. definitely. Jesus Christ. You awesome. got props, man. Wow. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I had to bring it up. Uh, and I am at Jose underscore Otero, O-T-E-R-O, on Twitter. And I'm currently slaving away on the Pokemon X and Y review, which you can read Ooh. on IGN the same day this podcast goes up. Or, or will have read and hopefully either agreed with or left a nasty comment. Um, no, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm enjoying it. I can't say much about it uh, on this podcast, unfortunately, because of embargoes. And next week, this is a heads up for you folks, uh, loyal listeners. Uh, our next episode will be coming out on Saturday, the day that Pokemon comes out, instead of Sunday. Uh, so you can get actual, you know, really deep impressions of Pokemon. Because we wouldn't want to basically put the show out on Friday because we're held to certain limitations and things that we can say. So um, just bear in mind, you're not going to see a show show up on Friday. It will instead show up Saturday morning. All right. Cool. Hey, and ev- and thank you very much for everybody who wrote in with feedback on whether you wanted to do a, a, oh, a little yeah. street passing event. We got a bunch of emails, so we'll we'll think about how we can pull something like that off. Um, if you haven't uh, raised your hand yet, you can email us at nvc at ign.com with questions. We even uh, respond to some of them directly via email, and we'll, of course, uh, read some of them on the air in the, fu- in the future, too. But if you're interested in doing a street pass event in San Francisco, let us know, and uh, maybe we'll do it. Yeah, and we are watching these, so we all get these emails. So just bear that in mind. All right, great. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. See ya. Goodbye. See ya. Uno, due, tre, cuatro.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.